Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show on a Wednesday. The Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. I'm Scott Prather. Anthony Babineau will join me from Montgomery at 8 o'clock. Joining me this hour is Charlie Cook. Good morning, Charlie. How's it going, Scott? I called you Charlie Cook. I know. We were talking about Connor. It's okay. Charlie Long. Is uh, is in the house, and uh, the Brooklyn Nets look like the greatest basketball team ever assembled last night. Oh boy, that's the most boring first round series, without a doubt. It, uh, it the, so the first weekend of games, aside from Brooklyn Boston, the first weekend of games was just great. Yeah, I mean, I great agree. drama, terrific fight, like just a lot of games going down to the wire, a lot of excitement. Monday night snooze fest. Last night, not bad for the later games, but I have trouble staying up that late. And it, it I don't know. I mean, whenever I went to bed, the Lakers were up double digits. They won. Chris Paul got pulled out because he was injured. Like, you just knew uh, the Lakers are going to win this. The Clips are down 0-2. Claim they're not worried. They are. They should be. If they're not, there's something wrong with them. Um, I don't know. Last Last couple nights have been a little... Milwaukee, Miami, the first game was great. The second one Monday Blow was – it, oh, yeah. it, it, it just unless you just love seeing Brooklyn dominate with guys that are just better than everyone else, even though they hadn't really played together all year. Hadn't been it's, – it's left a little to be desired the last couple of nights, Charlie. I'll be honest. No, I agree. I think the first weekend was great, as you said. There were a couple of upsets here and there, a couple of game winners. It's, it's what you want from the NBA playoffs. It was a great start. Uh, Monday night, games were – as you Pretty much blowouts. Tuesday, last night, they were okay. I think the Mavericks are the team to watch all of a sudden. Like, Luka Magic is definitely a thing. He's coming out and destroying the Clippers. The Clippers wanted the Mavericks. They got the Mavericks, and they're getting killed by them. They just didn't want the Lakers. No, I know, but That's I mean, what it was. <laughs> at this point, it, the Lakers don't look that scary. They're still struggling with a injured Suns team. I mean, they won last night, but... Was that too impressive? Good. Yeah, no, look, Anthony Davis came to play last night. That was a big difference. Yeah. Honestly. He put it um, on himself. He got to the stripe. He, he played some... great in LeBron. We've seen him down 0-1 before. Like I that that felt like the lock of the century. I mean, it, the Lakers were were not favored in game one from a betting standpoint. They were favored going into last night's game. It 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 didn't feel like they were about to go down 0-2. Chris Paul dealing with that injured shoulder. Um right out the gate, A D just Kicks Jake Crowder in the nuts yeah, by like first, accident. First but minute of the game. God. It's a flagrant. I was, I was waiting for Harlan to give a right between the thighs. I was oh, like, man. that was right there. It was teed up it for him. It was ready for it. He was teed up for him. Uh, you got Washington Philly tonight. That one's not any good. Atlanta, New York. Is Alfred going to play? And then uh, Utah and Memphis. So you got some. Uh, I mean, is Alfred is going to play, but only eight minutes in that first game, dude. And, um, you know, wasn't too effective, and then Tibbs went to the bench and kind of rode those guys the rest of the way. But I, um, way AD bounced back last night. You know, I'm I'm hoping Elford gets a good run tonight. And and we've seen the guy. I mean, he can put up triple doubles, um, like nobody's business, with the exception, of course, of Russell Westbrook. We we've seen Elford have some moments here, or there. He's never been in the postseason before. His first right. game was over the weekend, and you know, he, he played eight minutes, and I think he had an assist and a foul. Or yeah. maybe uh, just a foul. He was 0 for 3. Um, 
Look, I'm I'm anxious to see what he does tonight, and I hope Tibbs gives him a good run. Of course, Trey Young loves the drama. Utah's in a must-win. Utah's going to win tonight. They are. Um, Philly will will beat Washington by a bunch. New York, Atlanta is the one for me tonight that I, you know, that I've got some interest in, and I'll I'll be following it, and I'll be following Cajun baseball. Though we'll get to that more in a minute. Uh, Who knows what they're going to do? No, I, I sure don't. I mean, Tibbs seems to be riding Derrick Rose a lot. I mean, they have history together. It makes sense. But I think with uh, with Alfred, he might get some more playing time after what happened with Trey Young in the first game where Young was just unstoppable late and he silenced the garden crowd and there was the whole thing about it. You need someone that can stake on him. And Alfred's a good defensive point guard. Like He's a, he's a solid defensive one. So if you know Tibbs decides to make a change late in games, if, if Trey Young gets hot and stick a a solid defender on him. That might be the way to do it, to keep everything one-on-one instead of having to double him late in games. ESPN1420.com. Scott Prather, Charlie, along with me this hour. Phone lines are open at 269-1077 if anyone wants to uh, get in on the show. Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. For those of you listening to ESPN1420 live on your desktop or mobile device via our mobile app and in connected cars and on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. LSU, one and done in the SEC tournament. They lost to Georgia, uh, four to one. Now the Tigers await to see what happens next Monday with the selection show. Uh, their post Georgia loss, the RPI. I don't know. It's it. They're, LSU's got a few things going for them in terms of getting into the tournament, and the big one is their strength of schedule. I think it's number two in the country. Yeah, uh, yeah, two or three. Um. Their RPI is going to be there in the 20. I, I I know some Tiger fans are nervous. I know some people that aren't Tiger fans are wanting to see them not get in. I think they're getting in. They are solidly on the bubble. And if a couple teams that are supposed to be in lose their conference tournament and enter the bubble, then LSU might get kicked off. I don't think they're one of the – I'll say this. I don't know that they're one of the top 60 f- teams in the country – or 50 or whatever, and, and you would imagine some of the teams in the 64-team tournament aren't going to be by virtue of winning their tournament. Right, but it, it's not that's not what the selection committee does. They use a formula, and based on that formula, that's how they pick at-large teams. And they can say whatever they want. Whenever you have a notable name next to you on a board and you're being talked about, that makes a difference. Um, I think... Be, having a top 25 RPI and a number two strength of schedule, I think is going to be, and, and the fact that it's LSU, I think that's all going to be enough to get them in. I don't know where, I don't know what, I, don't, I wouldn't bet on them to really do anything in the tournament. I don't think they're getting out of a regional, but I do think they're going to be in a regional. And if they're not, I know you won't be surprised, Charlie, and I guess I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm expecting them to get in. I wouldn't be surprised if they get in. It's If you're an LSU fan, you just got to pay attention to other conference tournaments now. Because if you're looking at the American Conference Tournament, East Carolina, number 11 team, a team that's supposed to be bidding for a host, got destroyed by Memphis, who's a team that's in the hundreds in RPI, right, in their first game of the conference tournament. So if they get bounced on their conference tournament, they're going to steal a bubble bid. And Tulane, who is on the bubble right now, can solidify it by winning a couple games in their conference tournament in the American. Boy, they love to talk trash. Man, does Tulane like to talk? Tulane, about it. oh yeah, oh my god, oh yeah, they do. They a bit. Do you too remember? Much. Do you remember the uh, a bit too much Tulane Mississippi State series? 
uh-huh. where like the two of the first three games of that series were like decided by walk offs and like last play type of things, and the the dugouts were talking so much trash to each other that like those plays were heightened to a sense, so the players were talking even more Dude, garbage. It, it was really Tulane funny. Never shuts up. It was um, really funny. I think LSU fans need to root for uh, Vanderbilt today too. You don't want Alabama winning more. That's another thing you need to you need to root for the for now Georgia and. Uh, Alabama to get bounced as well. Okay. I mean, Alabama did a good job of beating South Carolina yesterday, but now that, as you said, yeah. they have a much tougher matchup coming up. If they go on a run, that's not good for LSU. It's very bad for LSU. You bring up Tulane, it's funny. Think I think back. they're playing Tennessee, actually, Alabama. Are they? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. yes, they are. The Vols, yes. Thank you. I see V, I'm thinking yeah. Vanderbilt. No, um, they are playing Tennessee, Trail, Mr. Ombudsman. Um, yes, LSU fans need to root for Orange Cream Sickle today. Oh, yeah. Um, you mentioned Tulane. Thinking back to, we were talking about this before we went on the air. Thinking back to the beginning of the season in the first series. First weekend series, yep. First of all, it was a great series. Yeah, it was. But I remember back in, you know, mid to late February, UL goes to New Orleans and plays three, and it was freezing. Every game went to extra innings. Um, every game was decided by a run. Yep. Cajuns lost Friday, won Saturday and Sunday, and your starters were Hayden Dirk on Friday, Connor Angel on Saturday, Carter Robinson on Sunday, and Carter still at times the Sunday guy, and yet mm-hmm. that hasn't always been the case. And your Saturday guy's gone, your Friday guy's not, you know, a weekend starter. Um, it's it's nothing unique, but I think when you think back to some of the 2014 or a really good year occasion baseball you could think back to pitching and and what it was like the whole season a lot of seasons who's ever starting on that first weekend it's very much subject to change and oh yeah Eric Getty was a midweek guy and uh, Cook was a bullpen guy yep now those are your one and two and Robinson I I think I don't know I mean I I don't know that you would call him necessarily – I don't know that you necessarily have a, quote, Sunday guy, but if you had to pick one, I feel like he's done it the most. Yeah, no. I mean, they've kind of interchanged recently. Dirk got injured kind of halfway through the season, and that kind of took him out of the role. Also, his game against Southern Miss moved him out. But I think he's starting to get back into it. He's had a start recently, but then Carter was the final Sunday starter. Um so, I mean, you don't really have a solidified three, but you have two guys that could be it. So it, it's sort of like at this point you have the 1A, 1B with Arrogetti and Cook, and then after that you kind of have a, a little bit of a question mark, but then you also have guys like Carter Robinson and Hayden Dirk that could be starter in game three or game four. Which leads us to what in the heck do they do tonight? We'll get into that a little bit later on. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 Act. Circling back to the playoffs last night, um, if the Lakers advance, and I think they do, do you feel like, first of all, just I, I know a lot of, I know you don't, like, I don't root for the Lakers either, but do you feel like the Lakers are going to the, to the finals? I mean, that was. The, the betting odds favorite were Lakers losing to Brooklyn in the finals. That was the, that was the favorite in Vegas, at the sports books before the playoffs started. Heck, that was the favorite before the play-in game. And, and the Lakers hadn't even, you know, gotten technically into the postseason yet. Um, but you look at the two rosters, makes sense. That's where a lot of the action is. Is that, is that what's going to happen in your mind? 
I think they're probably betting favorites to make the conference finals. I don't know not yet if they would be betting favorites to make the finals. Um, I think their second round matchup is very favorable, either a injured Denver Nuggets team or the Portland Trailblazers who seem to always kind of drop the ball in the postseason. So if they get past the Suns, I think they'll definitely make it to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not ready to say that they'll make it to the finals yet because I really like how Dallas is playing. And, you know, if the Clippers say they're not worried, if they make a run and beat Dallas in seven, then I think they're a really tough matchup for the Lakers. And uh, I think if they play Utah in the Conference Finals, then, yeah, they're – they're. I don't know. See, I like I like the Jazz. I um, Not to overreact to that first game that they lost uh, and, you know, no Donovan Mitchell – but a big aspect that I that I factored into the Jazz getting to the finals was them having the biggest capacity compared to the other teams. But as we have seen, as soon as the playoffs started, you are seeing more and more teams or cities or states where those teams reside opening up the doors a little bit and allowing more fans in. Now, we'll see what happens in L.A., but... My thought was, first of all, the Jazz are thirty-one and five at home. Now thirty-one and six, if you want to count the, the Memphis loss, um, they're allowing seventy-five percent capacity. Before the playoffs were started, a few days before they started, I mean, the Staples Center was eleven percent. Mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden was ten. Now that again, it's changed suddenly right before the playoffs, and it's the Knicks. Yep. It's ah, uh, well, actually, if you're vaccinated, we could fill up this entire half, which made for a great environment. And, oh yeah, and uh, you know. It's so funny. The Knicks, the Knicks are back. It's like, yes, they are. They're in the postseason, and a young star is breaking their heart in a crunch. That that is absolutely the Knicks being back. But um, I, I that was a, that one. Utah's the one seed. Two, I think they're undervalued because I think they're they're really good defensively. And three, just thought the home court aspect of it. But as you get deeper into the playoffs, with more and more arenas becoming more and more open, heck, by the time. We get to the middle of the second round; it'll probably just be full capacity. So right. that aspect of it, which I thought was a big factor, you know, might not be the, the factor that I that I predicted it would be. But um, but I still think Utah is look; they're gonna. I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna take care of Memphis tonight. That's so your too. that's your that's your that's your lock. Yeah, I mean, last night was the lock of the century. Lakers to win tonight is the lock of the week. Uh, I think the Jazz beat the Grizz. Atlanta, New York, though, man, we, we said it earlier. That's the fun one. Where, where are you leaning in this series? Because that game went down to the wire. You could, I mean, you could see Tibbs and this crew. Tibbs looks like a hockey coach, doesn't he? A like little he, bit. He, wear, he wears like his suits never fit right, but if they did, it would look weird. Like, if like the weird suit, comb over. If too. his suit fit normal, like it would be yeah. like that's not Tibbs. That doesn't look right. Yeah, he always look, he always looks a little awkward. I. I still favor the Knicks in this series, and I, I mean that's kind of like all the national talking points, I guess you could say. But I just think when you have Julius Randle have the type of game that he had, like Alec Burks played the game of his life, like nine of thirteen, he was on fire, just shooting from anywhere on the court. But when you have the most improved player go six of twenty four in game one of a playoff series, and you still lose by only two points on a game winner by Trey Young, I still favor the Knicks. I think it will be a pretty tight series that may go six or seven. Uh, because I think these teams are pretty evenly matched. I think either one of them will probably lose in the second round. But I, I favor the Knicks, I think. All right. Well, if if, if the Knicks are going to do gotta it, win they tonight. got to do it oh, tonight. Yeah. This feels like one that could go seven. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Tibbs, he just 
I don't, I don't know how he's able to be the quote old school guy that gets all of his players to completely buy into the grind, right? The work ethic, just the, but he does. And, and yeah, for all, for all the, well, he burns his players out. He does this, he does that. How many guys that have played for Tibbs have said negative things about him? Not many. I mean, it, it doesn't, you get rid of Tibbs and, you know, things just, when he was in Chicago, when he left, everything kind of just changed there, man. Mm-hmm. And you look at guys that played with him and had, I mean, Jimmy Butler early on and talk about guys that just love love the work, though, um, you know, Miami did not look good on Monday night. Here's what we have for the schedule. Um, mention what we got uh, for tonight, the three games tomorrow, Milwaukee, Miami, Phoenix, L.A., Denver, Portland. Um, we're getting right into the thick of it. And then this weekend, a lot of the broadcast will shift to uh, ESPN and Mix up some on ABC, so it's gonna be all over the place. But I love it. Love the nonstop basketball. Love the nonstop baseball as well. Right out the gate this morning at the tourney, Charlie, we got uh, we got a, a huge game from Montgomery. Oh yeah, most of. I mean, both the first two games are technically elimination games. It's it's been a crazy tournament to start. The first three games were upsets by seeding standards, and then the final game of the night was a one nothing game that App State kind of took at the end from Texas State. And it's been a really fun tournament so far. Coastal Carolina beat Little Rock fifteen to one. Yeah, in seven innings. Oh yeah. I mean, they were run roll. hitting a nine different chance. Uh, had a a run rule win in baseball in the tournament is embarrassing. Kind of, yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough spot for Little Rock, um, who is uh, still has a game left but was eliminated essentially right yep. out the gate. Arkansas State beats Troy nine to six. So there is a. Georgia State beat ULM nine to six. So in the first three games, your your team that did not have the better seed was victorious. Right. And then last night, paying attention to it, of course, it started at what nine o'clock. Um, App State and Texas State, just knowing that it would dictate probably what the Cajuns were going to do. So I was interested in getting. You know, I, I haven't watched any App State baseball games, Charlie. So Me neither. Going to act like I'm. You know, the Cajuns didn't play them this year. They were in the East. I didn't really pay attention. But uh, but there was a big aspect of App State winning that game that Cajun fans need to take note of. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, when you look at App State beating Texas State last night, they used three pitchers that aren't necessarily premium pitchers on their staff, which means that they saved them up for Louisiana. They felt confident enough in beating Texas State, who coming into the tournament was on a seven-game conference losing streak. Right, this Texas State was the team that was predicted to win the Sun Belt this year. They were projected to be the best team in the, the conference, and they started off pretty well. They beat the Cajuns in two out of three games in a weekend series in Lafayette, but then they just fell off. Seven straight conference losses. They come into the tournament limping, and App State goes ahead and beats them one nothing without using their best pitcher, who they saved for the Cajuns, all Sun Belt Conference pitcher Tyler Tuthill. Which oh boy, we. <laughs> You know, the Cajuns don't need to worry about tonight's game necessarily because it's even if they lose, all they need to do is beat App State to move on and be one and one and be the highest seed to move on in the conference with everyone being one and one. Now they could beat Texas State tonight. It's just it doesn't matter. So I think you'll see Coach Deggs save the best arms for Thursday night's game against App State. Uh, because as I said, they're going to be going against App State's best pitcher, their ace, Tyler Tuthill who this season had an overall ERA of 
uh, 1.59 ERA in some Mo Conference play. You know, he was 10th allowed nationally in hits per nine innings with 5.07, went down to 4.8 in league play. He was number two in the Sun Belt in opposing batting average, 168. This kid is just, he put up ridiculous numbers this year, and he was hot to end the season. So this is the matchup that you were scared of, and you're getting it. So last night, Cajuns fans probably should have been rooting for Texas State um, because they didn't throw Tuthill, but Texas State lost one nothing. They left the man on second base in the ninth inning. They could have tied it, maybe taking the lead late, but uh, they couldn't steal the game from App State. So that means that it all comes down to Thursday night where they're going to be throwing their ace. UL will probably be throwing their ace too. They'll empty the bullpen. It will it'll be a really interesting game. It's it's crazy though because we're talking about a game tomorrow and the Cajuns play tonight and yet they don't need it doesn't matter like the it outcome it the really out, doesn't the outcome uh, cool if you win great yeah doesn't matter you could win tonight a hundred to nothing it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you lose tomorrow and your season is over right done right so you go out tonight and I you know I know I don't know you know I'll ask Bab I don't know if he'll know or if he'll tell me he's on next hour but. I know that when I talked to Deggs, he said that they were hoping to maybe throw David Christie in one of those midweek games that was they went to get him some more reps, some more pitches, and one one of those two midweek games that got canceled late in the season due to due to the rain. Maybe the freshman starts tonight. I think you could see a few freshmen, but I don't I don't see the I see the, the ideally the Cajuns want to get through this game tonight, and they're all going to say they want to win, and they're not lying. No, but they want to win the tournament. Okay, you could say you want to win, and it's true, but you're also not out there throwing Connor Cook, right? Um, or 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 even Arigetti for that matter, or Carter, or some of these guys that have really come in. And I just I, I feel like they're they're hoping they can piece together um, a number of guys that maybe haven't pitched a ton this year and let them get through the game. And if they win, cool. And if they don't, they want as many arms as possible moving forward. You lose tomorrow, it may not matter, but will it be Arigetti tomorrow? Will it be Cook tomorrow? Will it be both? Would they go with someone else? I don't know because you got App State throwing their ace. Tomorrow's game is fascinating. Tonight's game is interesting um, because what's the game plan going to be in a game that, sure, you want to win, but at the end of the day, it almost kind of feels like uh, a practice scrimmage type game to try to save your arms. And The point is, you, you're bottom line. Right. That's what you want to do. It's like late in the season uh, when an NFL team you know, has a seed locked up and they're playing some of their starters and they're playing some other guys. And if they, they what, sure, they're not trying to lose the game. They'd love to win it, but they're thinking big picture here. And that's going to be the Cajuns' mindset tonight. Oh, most definitely. I think pool play is a weird kind of concept, I think, especially with this, the way the Sun Belt's doing it with three teams per pool. Why do you think, what, like, I think what someone told me was, so why not just give the one and two seeds a bye, right? Why are they doing pool play? Yeah. And when they scheduled this thing far out, uh, I was told it had something to do with COVID, not knowing exactly where everyone would be at that point in time and trying to make sure everybody gets two games but not having double elimination because it from a scheduling standpoint. But then you look at the schedule and it's like you still have all of these games lined up. So I don't I don't know. I was I was told it was and I, I guess it was. I'm just trying to figure out the basis of why pool play made more sense yeah, than I don't really get it. Than, you know, a traditional tournament. But 
Um, I guess set. You know what? I, I I'm sure it, it probably had to do with set times. Everyone still has to test, mm-hmm. and based on when you're going to play, this is you test at this time. And so having basically everyone set the first four days, knowing roughly what time they're supposed to play instead of what you know. Once you lose, who knows this or that? My guess is it had a lot to do with with that. And um, yeah. And 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 you know you can't just I, I dealing with the NCAA and granted this is the Sun Belt not the NCAA but dealing with the NCAA as far as the Baton Rouge regional goes and what Steve had to go through from a testing standpoint and having to drive to Baton Rouge and test one day and then drive back here and had to be at this precise time and all this other stuff and every team had a precise time and anybody was going to be near the team and no one else could be around I think that's what it had to do and now you could say that shouldn't matter whatever they scheduled this way out. That's what I was told, and as I look into it from a scheduling standpoint, it probably has to do with the testing. Now, you don't know who the semifinals or finals going to be, but at that point, you're only looking at, um, you know, four teams anyway. Well, you're going to get two spots locked in right off the bat today. I mean, two of the semifinalists. That's the thing about pool play is that the first day, every team that lost is eliminated, right? Because of how they do it, where. But they still have if, one more game to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, weird. when you get eliminated on the first day of the conference tournament and you still have to play another game, it's it's kind of strange because it's not a single – it's technically a single elimination, but you still have to play two games. It's kind of strange. I um I think that with Louisiana, I mean, you look at tonight. Had Texas State beaten App State, then tonight's game becomes a game where you empty the tank. Oh, yeah. And throw everyone, and then you don't worry about tomorrow night. And Texas State, who is having trouble scoring right now and – you know who doesn't have an ace in the hole like App does? No, you were you were hoping the way that that App State was trying to piece that game together, that Texas State was going to win. You last really night. were, and and they came close. I mean, and then if you throw an ace tonight, well, if you make it to Sunday, you can bring them back. No, it, it, the it would have been better had Texas State won last night, definitely. in terms of from a Cajun standpoint, but that didn't happen. Of course, it's better to be a one seed, so you're in a position where you know you, you don't can, need to care about tonight. <laughs> you can you can uh, could save everyone for Thursday. We'll see what happens. Seven twenty-seven. It's the Great Scott Show. Charlie Long is in studio with me this morning. Uh, you maybe have been reading his stuff, his uh, stories on the Cajun baseball games over at ESPN fourteen twenty dot com and the ESPN fourteen twenty app. After each game, he'll have one up tonight. I wonder what the headline's going to read. What's what, what? What's your prediction for a headline for tonight's game? Man, it really depends on what happens. I, I, if they win, it's going to be like. Cajuns look forward to Thursday night's uh, elimination game or something after beating Texas State. Something, something, you know. Yeah. 28 after the hour. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. The best thing in golf right now isn't happening on the greens. We'll talk about it. It's ESPN 1420. Into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Tomorrow, guys, the Cajun Heartland State Fair is back at the Cajun Dome. Go, go, fun, fun. It is ready to fly in 2021. It's happening. Presented by LUS. 
May 27th through June the 6th. Rides, food, entertainment, music, fun. Learn more at CajunGnome.com or ESPN1420.com. Click on Fair on the What's Hot Bar to learn more. The Fairways, how are they looking out there? That's what Brooks Kepka was asked Friday after his uh, second round of the PGA Championship. And I kind of like Brooks Kepka. Um, I like his, I don't know. I, I like his kind of like, it's kind of a too cool for school attitude, but it's not trying to do it, I guess, is in my opinion. It's like he truly is just like, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not he's not trying too hard. It's like a laid back attitude. Yeah, and, and like he doesn't golf and he's a great golfer, but he doesn't golf like every day of his life. He's like, Man, look, sometimes you know, if there's an off season or between, you know, I'm not playing every tournament on the tour, like I'm I need to take a week off. I need to go on the boat. I just want to go drink beer. Like I just need to get away. Like yeah. he'd go, and and that's I don't know. And it, he's just he was this great athlete in high school. He had an injury, and so he kind of just picked up golf. And now here he is. And then you got DeChambeau, Bryson and DeChambeau, who I have, I have gone on record plenty of times as saying he is a tool. I mean that is what he is. I had somebody, like he's also I, yeah, overrated. I, and, and I don't know if that uh, you know. How old are you, Charlie? You're a young guy. I'm twenty three. Twenty three. Wise twenty three year old. I'll say that as oh, well. Thank you. You carry yourself like. But I remember I was in here with Norm, who is not twenty three years older. He's like, "What is a tool?" I was like, "You don't know, like <laughs> you don't know a term." <laughs> and then we had to try to start explaining it to him. But like that's DeChambeau. It's like, come on, dude. And you, most of you probably saw it. It's the. the Copyright infringement has been taken off the web, but a video leaked of uh, from the Golf Channel of or NBC Golf, which I guess they own the Golf Channel. I don't know, but it was a, it was a, it was an interview that they were con- conducting with Brooks, and um, he was a few feet away from the interviewer, and he was on a microphone, and he was talking and saying they were having trouble keeping it on the greens, and right behind him, DeChambeau walks by with his metal cleats. Like click click click, which are bad for the greens, by the way, Bryson. Um, and says something. Some think he said like you just got to keep it to the right or whatever. But like, whispers something, and then it totally takes Brooks like out of the moment, and he kind of like closes his eyes and makes this face like it. It turned into a meme. His I have face, not seen this. Oh my god! How did have, you miss? No, it, I missed it. it. Was everywhere. The only thing I, I heard about Kepco was how he was talking about the crowds. Oh like yeah, no, no. This was this, no. This is much better. No, that's so, that's funny. So Kepka, he just like closes his eyes, like I don't know. It, it it instantly turned into a meme. Like when like there's a there's an old meme of Ben Affleck just like with his eyes closed, like yeah, outside yeah, yeah. smoking. Uh-huh. He's just like that's what Kepka looks like for a second. That's funny. Then he opens his eyes and he's like, "I'm sorry." He says, "JFC." Um, kind of whispers it. It's uh-huh. all on the mic. Now this isn't live. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Can we do it again?" Yeah. And, and the and the the uh, the interviewer, the reporter, laughs. He's like, "Sure." And Brooks is like, "Sorry, I, after hearing that bull." And then like, so then I guess he did that the interview leaked? again. Yeah, someone leaked it on social oh, media, no. and it's just like it's just. I was like, golf needs more of this, definitely. But do you think do you think everyone hates Deshambo? Absolutely. Oh, now, that's so now, funny. Uh, Shambo, and then and then as soon as that comes out, he first of all, I think he's a tool, but he's great for golf. As soon as it comes out on Instagram, make no mistake about it, like he he 
he knew he, he's on social media. He knows this thing is like going viral. He just puts in some things of him at the gym lifting hundred pound dumbbells. I was about to say if you look up the textbook definition of meathead, Bryson DeChambeau's picture should show up. But like he's he is a guy that like everything about Bryson is like you're you're trying too hard. Definitely. And Brooks is the opposite. It's like no, he's not trying. That's just like 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 Bryson, dude. Just like we get it. Like yeah. you work out, bro. We get it. <laughs> like, and these two guys, like having that kind of disdain. Like Brooks, who is so nonchalant, right? To get so upset at just him walking by and whispering something that he starts cursing. I'm like, we need, we need a good like fight in golf, man. Oh god. And and here's the thing, there are a lot more. There, there's a lot more of this pettiness and animosity in golf than the sport leads on from the outside just because of how it's covered and how a lot of golfers conduct themselves. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Every, every Patrick Reed does not have any friends on that tour. Okay. I was about to say, he's probably up there for the oh, most no, he's, hated. He's the number. He's probably number one now because they, you know, they all feel like he cheats. Yeah. Um, skirts the rules. DeChambeau is just like, you know, you know, going to grab guys in the clubhouse and give them a noogie and be like, what bro? <laughs> I'm just messing around, man. Like, get over yeah. it, dude. It's not a big deal. Give me a pause so I can smash it. Yeah. You know, but I, that, when I saw that clip, man, I laughed so hard. <laughs> it like made my day. And I was like, this, this, give me, give me this. Like, I you know, first of all, f- the Phil story was great. I'm not saying like more of that too, but like this Kepka thing. And now it got taken down. And I bet you Brooks does not mind at all that that video got out. It's kind of like, yep. Now all you guys. Well, he's a nonchalant see. guy. Like he he doesn't care what people really think. I mean, I'm sure he probably knows that Bryson knows that they're not big fans of each other. You know, Golly. it's uh that's so funny that that leaked though. I haven't seen that. And I'll have to take a look at it. ESPN1420n.com. All right, revisiting a question you and I had last hour, and uh, that one of our listeners, uh, Adam, asked me. Um the the point of pool play and why they went with it. I said it had something to do with COVID and testing. That's what I was told. Yeah. Texted my friend Jay Walker, and he has sent me a uh, – he has sent me a lengthy text. Oh. Let me read. I haven't even looked at it yet. Yeah, yeah, go for it. But let me just read it and see if this makes sense. Uh-huh. And if it doesn't, maybe we'll bring him on. Um, should I try to read it as Jay? When it was decided <laughs> back – but no. He says, uh, when it was decided to cut back the number of conference games to 24, and again, this is back in the winter, Yeah, the coaches voted to go to pool play. It was supposed to be two pools of four teams each. Every team would play three games in a four-day period. Then the two top teams from each pool would advance to a single elimination semifinal. Wow. So this was actually, okay. Before I move on, so this was voted on as soon as they moved the tournament to Montgomery. So this was actually voted on. Now, that's not what's happening here. This was actually voted on by the coaches, pool play, but two pools of four teams each, only eight teams in the tournament. That was voted on before COVID-19 happened. So we're going back a ways. Then COVID happened. So this, that would have been the case last year had there been a normal season. Um. Says, then COVID happened. The coaches felt it would be unfair that a team might be eliminated from playing simply because a series would be unable to be played because of testing. 
So they decided to invite all teams and go with the current format. Pool play always has what would be considered to be meaningless games, but if your regular season schedule is going to be so unbalanced, leaving for t- leaving four teams out because they may have played a tougher schedule um, than the person before them or the team before them would not have been fair. That's interesting. Makes sense, though. Yeah, no, it does. It makes sense. So the coaches started thinking about a lot of what-if scenarios. So next year, maybe it goes back to pool play, but the other way of two pools, four teams in each, top two teams in each go through. Like, pool play is weird in baseball, and I know the SEC has done it in the past and stuff. It works in soccer because the tiebreakers are mm-hmm. are plentiful and make sense. I mean, imagine if there if one of the tiebreakers wasn't seeding, but like run scored. Yeah, we had a team score fifteen the other day. But your 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 approach would change too much, and now suddenly you're not really playing baseball. It's like a it's a baseball game, but the the mentality, everything about it, just feels different. So you can't really you can't go to some weird scoring tiebreaker because that changes the integrity of the game. And what if you're playing against a team that's already been eliminated and they're like want to go home and yeah, you know they're they're not paying attention to the scoreboard. They just want to get guys in that maybe haven't played a lot. You really can't do that. And so that's why we're in the situation we're in um, today. I think the they're going to go back to 30 tournament. conference games starting next year. Which, yes, they are. They are. That's a, a, that's official. Yeah. Um, and maybe they get rid of pool play and go back to a traditional um, you know, tournament format. I guess the coaches will vote on it. But it makes that makes a little more sense. So I, yeah. It did have to do with scheduling and testing, but not in terms of the way I thought it would with testing as far as like when they test. But it did have something to do with scheduling and testing. So Yeah, I don't even mind the pool play idea with two pools of four teams each. I think that makes it a little more interesting because you can't be eliminated after the first game. Um, so you have all these teams. The four teams that lost yesterday are now done, and they still have to play an extra game. So what are they going to do in their final game? I mean, it... Uh, I don't know. To win your pool as a lower seed, you have to win both of your games. And that's what it comes down to. The fact that South Alabama, the team with the best record in the Sun Belt, is playing in an elimination game this morning is just wild. Yeah, it is. And, and they then can- if they lose, they, they'll, they'll, they'll play tomorrow. But it's like, sorry, the Chanticleers, the, the, the Beach Chickens, they're, they've advanced. And they've got plenty of rest between now and the semifinal. Like Coastal with a win this morning is sitting pretty. They are, but that's that's also a little interesting. The beach chickens, as you call them, which I like to call them too, they managed to beat South Alabama in two of the final three games that they played, I, I believe, later in the season. So I think that that's – I might be actually be confusing them for App State. My apologies. But I think that that's actually a really interesting matchup because I know that Coastal had a terrible year this season but by, by their standards. But if they get hot – you know they could they could definitely knock off South Alabama. South Alabama hasn't been you know world beaters. No one in the Sun Belt has been, which is why this tournament is so kind of tightly contested because each team is really bunched up. There's no team that's necessarily dominant. Mm-hmm. Like South Alabama, as you said, had the best record, but they were 15 and nine in conference play this year. Like that's that's okay. Like, I think mean, that will give you the best record in a in a conference that's super bunched. But I, I think it's uh, I think South Alabama definitely can lose this game. But then the same thing, you say Coastal Carolina's looking pretty. If South Alabama wins this game, they're looking pretty. They don't need to throw anyone in their next game. They can just sit everything out and get ready for the weekend. Quarter to eight, ESPN1420 and dot com. Uh, we got a, 
a call during the break from former Rage of Cajun sport Voorhees, and um, he was saying it feels just like some exhibition little league travel ball game yeah. tonight. Uh, I'm not sure how Robe would feel about playing games in the tournament that don't necessarily mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Mean something to the players. I'm sure the approach would be very much let's let's honor like. He might not want to play, but it would, it would, he would figure, he would basically, I feel like, be like, let's honor some of the guys that have put in time that haven't got a ton of playing time and let's utilize them and let's play them tonight. Like, that would probably be the approach, which I know for some kind of does feel like more of a participation type of game. But that's, look, that's kind of a cause and effect. When you have pool play, uh, that's going to be one of those things that just happens as a result. You're going to have some of those games. And, for the Cajuns, it's odd that they have it tonight, and then tomorrow night they have a game that you got to win, and you're going up against a really good arm, App's best arm, one of the better arms in the conference. I, I don't know, man. Tonight's again. Tonight's going to be weird. It is. It's going to be weird. I'm Scott. That is Charlie Long. This is the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Suit. Thirty five forty six Ambassador Caffrey. It's located between rooms to go in Lafayette Shooters. Suit up menswear and tux rentals. Everything you need for menswear. You need to dress casual, you got it. Business cash, you got it. You need to dress up, you need to suit up, they got it. It is um, first-class business, first-class atmosphere, first-class customer service, locally owned and operated, first-class selection, whatever your price point is, whatever you're looking for, you got a wedding coming up, you're not sure where to get the suits, you you are sure. You go to Suit Up. Why? Because they're going to hook you up. You have five or more groomsmen, book their suits at Suit Up. The groom suit, he's going to get it, rental, the rental for free. Just like that. They do alterations. They do, um, you know, the, the full range of selection, Right, they do rentals, they do tux rentals. You can buy a tux if you're having to constantly wear one. Whatever it is, suit up's got you. Plus, it's locally owned and operated. You're keeping it local. You're taking care of them. They're taking care of you. You're gonna walk out of there looking good, feeling good about what you just got. Suit up, suit up. When you go, tell them you heard about it on the Great Scott Show from me. I would greatly appreciate it. All right, two six nine ten seventy seven. Let's take a quick phone call before we hit up a break. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning, Scott. Yes. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm good. How are you? Good. Good. Because you know we're talking about uh, matchups and everything. And you are kind of worried about South State. Uh, listen, I'll put Cook up with anybody. Okay? Bottom line, end of story. I mean, I don't know if y'all saw him pitch, but that guy's like, shout, man. If he's got his stuff working, forget about it. I mean, you know. I, I I have to disagree with saying that guy's better than Cook. I didn't say he was. Whoa, 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 whoa! No, I didn't say he was better than the, Cook. One of the best. What did you say? Yeah, one of the I, best did, I did not. He, he say, is one of the best. He's pitchers. one of the better pitches, best pitchers in the conference. I didn't say he was better than Connor. I Cook. think Connor Cook is the pitcher of the year in the Sun Belt. The way that Connor's pitching right now, and I don't know if you heard my interview with him yesterday, but I mean, once yeah. once, once it clicked mentally for him, he's been he's been as good as it gets, man. Mm-hmm. He's been absolutely as good as it gets, and and. Right. You know, I, I just, I, we don't, you know, assuming they throw Connor, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a, there's a lot of things up in the air, but no, if, if Connor's on the mound, absolutely. You feel confident you're oh, going to yeah. win. And well, I mean, if, if tomorrow's game is that important and it is, and this guy, they're going to throw that, that, that guy, I got to say that Cook is going to. 
We'll see. I mean, yeah. Well, what do you, what do you think about that? I think, I think the well, it's going to be tough. I think a lot of it also depends on how the bats look tonight. If the Cajuns' offense starts getting hot and they're feeling good about themselves, then they might be able to throw Aragetti on a Thursday night and save Cook for a potential semifinal matchup. But if you want to go arm for arm matchup with the best of the best, you're probably throwing Cook and uh, and pitching Aragetti on a potential semifinal game. Yeah, I, I just hope you know. Got his confidence back, you know. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Appreciate the call, my friend. Yeah. Take care of yourself now. Thank you. Folks are ready. We'll have the games simulcast uh, here on ESPN 1420 and on News Talk 96.5 KPEL um, from the tournament, whether it's two games, three games, or four games. Uh, we'll be airing all of those. and Pre-game the night scheduled for 6.30. We'll see. Hopefully it doesn't get uh, as far behind. Man, when, you would think with a seven-inning game, maybe it wouldn't have been so late, but uh, last night, it, of course, you had four games yesterday. Yeah, right. I mean, you makes start it, at 9 o'clock and you finish at midnight. It so. makes, makes it a little more difficult. Right. You have to play that many, but you kind of hope that we're not going to have any extra inning games to start today. I mean, you have two elimination games, as we've talked about, with uh, South Alabama and Coastal, which I looked it up. Uh, Coastal did lose their series to South Alabama. I was mistaking them for App State. Um, Coastal, however, did sweep uh, Texas State down the season. So they, they kind of entered a little bit hot, and they showed that when they took on the Sunbelt Conference Pitcher of the Year with Hayden and Arnold and Little Rock, and they shelled that pitching staff for 15 runs in seven innings. So I think it's um, it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure for just Sunbelt fans in general to see if Coastal really has kind of gotten their mojo back a little bit after a, a slow season. If they beat South Alabama, congrats. You book a spot to the semifinals. Um, and then right after that, you have another uh, elimination game between Georgia State and Georgia Southern, the two Georgia teams. Georgia State, who just this past weekend beat, uh, or just yesterday, beat UL Monroe and I like eliminated Georgia them. I Southern in that game. I, like I do Georgia too. Did, did, do you know what happened in that series when they played in the regular season? It was probably the funniest series I think I've ever seen. Because Georgia Southern, one of the best, better hitting teams in the conference, beat Georgia State on Friday 23-1. to That's right. And then Georgia State went on to win the series by beating them 7-6 to in extra innings in Game 2 and 3-2 to in the final game of the series. So you you outscore a team by 22 runs in the first game of the series and you still lose? Yeah. I, th- I think that's hilarious. I mean, uh, Coastal won 15-1 yesterday, and if they lose uh, it doesn't this matter. morning, who cares? It, it does not matter. If they could lose an in extra innings by a run off of a crazy, wild, pitch or hit that just happened. I mean, it it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, man, it's going to be two really interesting matchups to start off the day, and then you kind of close with one that doesn't matter with uh, UL and Texas State. I don't know. It's uh, With all the upsets that happened in the first day, you knew that there were going to be a lot of elimination games right afterwards, so we have two to right off the bat, and then UL's game tonight. ESPN1420.com, Scott Prather. Charlie Long has been our guest this hour. He is... uh, Man on the ship tonight producing Rage of Cajun baseball throughout the tournament. And uh, he will have some good game stories up for you as well on the website and on the app following the games. Uh, when you're in here, when you you, you got the you have basketball on the TV or baseball, oh, yeah. you got, you're just multitasking all over? Well, when I was producing softball this past weekend, I had the first round games of the, uh, the NBA That's playoffs. Right. I was- 
for yeah. a little for some yeah, of yeah. that. That's right. We were we were producing games while watching the well, end of the that heat wild the heat Milwaukee game. That was it. Chris Middleton's Kobe jumper a, at the a, end of the game. It's a great game, man. Oh yeah, it was awesome. It was a great game. Um, all right, let's end on an NBA note. Why does no one in New York really care about the Nets? I don't really know, man. I think it's the Nets don't have much history. Like they were in New Jersey for a while, and then they moved to Brooklyn, and they haven't been very good in Brooklyn. I mean, they haven't really done anything as a franchise, which the Knicks haven't really done anything as a franchise in the past forty years. Done more than the Nets have done more than the Knicks in the last twenty years. The Nets have made the playoffs more than the the Knicks in the past decade. Yeah, I mean, but it's it doesn't like the neck the Knicks. The Nets could win the championship. The Knicks could be the worst team in the league, and there's going to be more interest in the Knicks. It's sort of like the Yankees and the Mets. I feel Clippers, just, Lakers, though. No, no, don't don't say that. It no, is not, it, no, it no, is. No, there's no. more. There's more interest no. in the Yankees there, than there are the Mets. Dude, the Mets are not the Nets. Not that's, even that's close. Fair. The that's Mets fair. are not the Clippers. The Mets actually have one of the if biggest about fan bases in baseball. Now, are the Yankees the glam? No, Mets, Yankees. That's the Giants, Jets comparison. The Nets. Nets Knicks is very different than that as well. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to accept any Mets slander on my show. I'm not there, slandering Charlie. the Mets. Yes, you did. I'm not. I'm you not just slandering. said Knicks Nets was like Yankees Mets, and the, the they're Mets not are as big like of a the brand. Knicks. They're not as big of a brand. The Mets are nothing like the, the Nets. Knicks are a huge brand. The Mets. The Mets like matter. They're still on like the front page of the New York, but they're not like the back. Page. Like the Nets again. The Knicks lose in their the front page news, and the Nets go out and win, and it's like okay, cool. Like you, there's a game with there's a game at Madison Square Garden, and all these shots constantly of like celebrities nonstop. The yeah. Nets game, Tracy they, all they kept showing was just Michael Strahan and Usi Uminura over and over and over. It's like mm-hmm. look at these celebrities, like. You know, they probably paid like the Giants, like, please just send some representatives, maybe guys that won a Super Bowl. Just they probably like wanted Eli to be there, and he's like, no, I'm good. Like they, <laughs> they, like they're trying so hard to make it work, and I, it's almost like if, if the if the Knicks did what the Nets did with this quote super team, there would be so much like animosity toward them. Yeah, and yet because it's the Nets, I'm not saying anyone's like rooting for the Nets, but there's some, there's kind of some apathy. Like okay, whatever. I think that's like, kind of why the Lakers had done that. Like if those guys, if two of those guys had drawn LeBron, the amount of like hateness the Nets is like oh whatever. I think that's kind of why Durant and Irving picked the Nets over the Knicks, which is a little more low-key, you know? Like, you don't need to go into Madison Square Garden and be a, a 60-win team every year, you know? I, I think it's it's definitely more low-key. They, they could take games off, and no one's really paying attention. Yeah, they could rest for the playoffs crazy, and get ready man. to go. I think uh, so. I think that's why they picked them. Uh, you know, it's obviously worked out. They're a very good team. They're killing, currently killing the Celtics. In the first round, they look. They look. Un, they just look. I know. Like, I don't know if the Nets are going to win at all, but and the Celtics are bad. But good. I mean, they just look ridiculous. I and mean, Joe Harris had what twenty five last night. Yeah, twenty two yeah, in the first half. Yeah, he started all. He, he had like seventeen in the first quarter. Whenever you just like Harden's out there and he hadn't touched the ball for like five minutes, like oh yeah, they also have one of the best scores in the world that hadn't even touched the ball yet. Right. It's ridiculous. Super teams, man. That's Charlie Long. Check him. Uh, check out his stuff over at ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. He'll be filling in a little bit this summer as well uh, while I'm out and doing some other work for us. Charlie, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. All right, stay tuned. 
Rage Cajun Associate Head Baseball Coach Anthony Babineau joins me over the phone line from Montgomery next on ESPN 1420.